So, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. <laughs>
If I had my way, every idiot who goes about with a Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Uncle Scrooge. I mean it. Keep Christmas in your own way, nephew, and let me keep it in mine. But you don't keep it. Let me leave it alone, then. Much good it's ever done you. Good? I've always thought of Christmas as a good time. A warm, charitable, pleasant time. And though it's never put a scrap of gold in my pocket, I believe it has done me good. And I say, I sing. I shout. God bless it. Amen. Another sound from you and you'll celebrate Christmas without employment. You're such a powerful speaker, nephew. I wonder you don't go into Parliament. Don't be angry, uncle. Come dine with us tomorrow. You have never met my wife. Nephew, why did you marry? Why, because I fell in love, of course. Because I fell in love? What has love to do with it? With what? With anything. With getting on in the world of business. With making money. Nothing. But come to dinner anyway. Good afternoon. Cannot we be friends? Good afternoon. I'm sorry to find you so resolute against me. I came here in honor of the day, however, and I will keep my Christmas humor to the end. Merry Christmas, Uncle. Good afternoon. And a very happy new year. Scrooge picks up a paperweight from his desk and shies it at Fred. Fred plucks it neatly from the air and pockets it. Why, thank you very much for the lovely gift, Uncle Scrooge. A paperweight. I shall treasure it. Merry Christmas to you and your family, Cratchit. And Happy New Year to ye. There's another one. My clerk. With 15 shillings a week and five miles to feed. Six. Don't contradict me. Talking about a Merry Christmas. Enough to drive a sane man mad. Then that scoundrel nephew has stolen my paperweight. I'll bill him for it. (laughs) Serves him right. Two gentlemen enter. One is very round, one very lean, and deaf as a post. May we see the head of the firm? Two gentlemen, sir. Scrooge and Marley's, I believe? Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Addressing Mr. Marley would be no pleasure. He died seven years ago. Seven years ago this very night. We have no doubt his generosity has survived in his partner. State your business. Mr. Scrooge, Mr. Marley, at this festive time of year, it is more than usually desirable that we provide for the poor and destitute. Are there no prisons? Plenty of prisons. And the union workhouses, they still exist? I wish I could say they did not. And the treadmill? (gasps) I am gratified that the treadmill is still with us. A splendid old institution. We are raising a fund to buy the poor some food and means of warmth, Mr. Marley. Mr. Scrooge. It doesn't matter. Christmas is a time of year when want is felt keenly and abundance rejoices, Mr. Scrooge. What shall I put you down for, Mr. Marley? Nothing. Ah, you wish to remain anonymous? I wish to be left alone. Ah. Very generous. Thank you, Mr. Marley. I cannot afford the luxury of making idle people merry. Let them lodge in the prisons, the workhouses, on the treadmill. Some men would rather die than go there. Then they should do so and decrease the surplus population. 
Anyway, that's none of my business. And as mine occupies me constantly, gentlemen, good afternoon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Vultures, they want to feed on me. The city clock strikes six. Cratchit waits, counting, until the last stroke, then lays down his pen and reaches for his hat and muffler. You will want all day tomorrow, no doubt. If it's quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient. A day's wages for no work is not convenient. Having my pockets picked every December 25th is not convenient, is it? No, sir. I'm a victim. A victim of humbug. You catch it. Take your Christmas. Be here all the earlier next morning. Thank you, sir. And Mary... Good evening. You, Cratchit, are a humbug. And Christmas is a humbug! Scrooge left his counting house and took his dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, beguiling his time with his banker's book. He walked homeward, bending into the icy wind. He passed among the chestnut peddlers huddling over tiny fires, green grocers selling snow-crowned ivy, Christmas shoppers with their baskets full to bursting, and in every snowy street, the carolers. It was dark now. So dark that Scrooge had to grope his way home with his umbrella. The streets were glazed with ice and it was piercing, searching, biting cold. At last, he reached his street. Now it is a fact. There was nothing particular about the knocker on the door, except that it was very large. A fact that Scrooge had seen it day and night during his whole residency in that place. Then let any man explain to me, if he can, how it happened that Scrooge saw in the knocker, not a knocker, but... Marley's face! Scrooge peers more closely at the knocker. Marley's face... Must have been the dinner. Scrooge enters his lodgings guardedly, locks the door, and changes into his nightshirt. He then takes a wary turn around his bedroom. Everything is as it should be? Marley's face. <laughs> it must have been something I ate. Suddenly, the bell pull by the bed starts to move. It then swings about wildly. What's that? <laughs> it's humbug. I won't believe it. Ah, but there is Scrooge face to face with an apparition. He wears heavy chains laden with keys, padlocks, cash boxes, coins, ledgers, and purses. How now? What do you want of me? Much. Huh, you won't get much from me. Anyway, who are you? Ask me who I was. Very well. Who were you then? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. Jacob! Jacob! You don't look well at all. Have a seat. You don't believe in me. I don't. Why do you doubt your senses? Because little things affect the senses. You may be either an undigested bit of beef, or a blot of mustard, or... Marley, you are an underdone potato. There's more of gravy than the grave about you. <laughs> but I'm inhospitable. Sit down and let me tell you about our thriving business. Oh. I see. 
You haven't come to discuss business. Tell me then, dreadful apparition. Why do you bother me? Worldly man, do you, you believe in me? Jacob, I must. I can no longer doubt my own senses. Uh, but it's late, Jacob. If I am to get any sleep tonight, you ought to state your business. Oh, my business. Always business. Ebenezer Scrooge. It is required of every man that his spirit should walk among his fellow men. If his spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. Doomed to wander through the world, witnessing what it might have shared and turned to happiness. I have wandered. But Jacob! Why are you fettered? I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it, link by link and yard by yard. Does the pattern seem strange to you? You have your own chain, Ebenezer. Yours was as heavy as mine the day I died. And you have labored on yours these seven years since. Yours will be colder, heavier. Jacob Marley, speak comfort to me. I have none to give. It comes from other regions, Ebenezer Scrooge. It is conveyed by other ministers to other kinds of men. Little time has left me here. I cannot rest. I cannot linger anywhere. In life, my spirit never rolled beyond the narrow confines of our money-changing home. Now, weary journeys lie before me. But Jacob, you were always such a good man of business. Oh, business! Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, forbearance, and mercy were all my business. But I did not heed them. Oh, hear me, Ebenezer. My time is nearly gone. I will, Jacob, but don't be hard on me. I am here that you might have a chance of escaping my fate. A chance I have procured for you. You were always a good friend to me. <laughs> You will be haunted by three spirits. I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. The second... Couldn't I take them all at once and have it over, Jacob? Expect the second on the next night at the same hour. The third upon the third night, when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. And, Ebenezer, look to see me no more. Marley disappears. Scrooge checks the door as the clock chimes 12.15. A quarter past. It can't be. 
Half past. Humbug. And being much in need of repose, Scrooge went straight to bed and fell asleep upon the instant. When Scrooge awoke, the chimes of the neighboring church were striking the hour. The ghost of Christmas past appears. <laughs> Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Who and what are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. I'm your courier, your timekeeper, your diary, your transport, your memory, your history, your bad fly. And what, pray, brings you here? Your welfare, your reclamation, your happiness, your education, your salvation. This salvation. How much will it cost me? <laughs> Watch out. Beware. <laughs> Come, walk with me, quickly. I am ill-dressed for this cold weather. Spirit, I am mortal and liable to fall. Bear but a touch of my hand there on your heart, and you shall be upheld. Is that so? Take my hand. We will leave the city. Good heavens! Can you smell the country? Yes, yes. I was a boy here. A young boy sits on a swing. It's the schoolyard. And look, that boy all alone. It's you, Ebenezer. No, he cannot see you. These are but shadows of things that have been, and they have no consciousness of us. A young girl enters. It's my sister, Fan. Look, it's my little sister. I slipped away and took a coach all the way here. The driver let me ride free. I can only stay a minute. Fan! I've brought you a present. I've been saving the money. Well, what is it, Fan? It's a paperweight. You put it on top of papers. Paperweight? Oh, thank you, Fan. I must go now, Ebenezer. But Fan... I'm sorry. Father says you have to stay here at school. Sit down the way you were. A Merry Christmas, Ebenezer. Perhaps next year we'll really be together. It's all right, Fan. I don't mind being alone. Fan? She was always a delicate creature, was Fan. But she had a large heart. So she had. She died a married woman, did she not? And had, as I recall, children? One child. True, your nephew, Fred, isn't it? Yes, that lovesick fool. I have seen enough. Enough? You don't know the meaning of that word. Come, and we will move ahead to another Christmas, Ebenezer. Christmas Eve. A party is in progress. And one of the guests is young Ebenezer Scrooge. Amidst the music and laughter, Ebenezer, now a young man, enters with a cup and plate. He sits nervously. A young woman enters, and Ebenezer jumps up, spilling his tea. Oh, no! Uh, oh, dear, look! I'm sorry, it's nothing. Mind, your sleeve is wet. L let me wipe. No, no, it's perfectly dry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. You weren't expecting anyone to wander in? No, I'm sorry. I just came out here to... What? It doesn't matter. 
to hide. I felt my cuffs are frayed, and my boots are brown and clumsy, not black and elegant, and I was starving. I went without tea tonight. I knew I'd do something stupid if I supped in there. Drink for my saucer, butter my cravat. It's my dress. I mean, am I... You're a princess in a fairy tale. I've never seen anything as perfect as you. You're... Cinderella. And at midnight, my gown turns to rags. Close enough. I borrowed this gown from my employer. I'm a governess. Tomorrow I shall be quite myself again. Dressed in dull brown wool, but there's no glass slipper. Doesn't matter about the glass slipper. You would be quite splendid in brown wool. Or sackcloth. What's your name? Cinderella. No, tell me really. Since you've no glass slipper to leave as a calling card. My name is Belle. Belle. Très Belle. You have a nice smile. Me. Smile. But I don't know your name. It's... Ebenezer. My name is Ebenezer Scrooge. Tell me, Belle, have you a father? Everyone has a father. Why? Because tomorrow morning I begin new employment. Apprentice clerk to Mr. Fezziwig. And tomorrow night I shall go to your father and ask for your hand. And when we're married, we'll be so rich. So happy. That you'll have a gown for every day of the week. Love. Love, indeed. The spirit gave Scrooge a wise little nod and pulled him forward through his past. Two years to yet another Christmas Eve. We're in the Fezziwig warehouse with Ebenezer, Dick Wilkins, and Fezziwig himself. You know this place? Know it? It's old Fezziwig's. I was apprenticed here. Ebenezer, you're smiling. <laughs> smiling? <laughs> Old Fezziwig was the finest master a lad could have. <laughs> you hold there, Ebenezer! Uh, Dick! Dick Wilkins, to be sure! Bless me, he was very much attached to me, was Dick. Yo ho, my boys, let's sit away! Christmas Eve, Dick. Christmas, Ebenezer. No more work tonight! <laughs> Mrs. Fezziwig, there's going to be a party. Yes, Mr. Fezziwig. <laughs> Everyone's here. Billy ho! Christmas Eve. <laughs> Christmas Eve, dear friends, dear children. Tonight we'll do it. We'll make merry and dance away the night. <laughs> it will be a thorough celebration. <laughs> Mr. F has such a way with words. <laughs> Mrs. Fezziwig, my dear, and my daughters. Where are my daughters? They look a treat, Mr. F. Visions, visions. Uh, it were a labor of love. Oh, I crimped their hair and perfumed them with orange skins. They look nice, don't they? And I laced them good and snug. Aren't they sweet? Aren't you proud? Oh, yes, but neither of them was dear as their dear old mum. Oh, he's such a rake. Good evening, Mrs. Fezziwig. Mr. Fezziwig, I am sorry I'm late. Bill! 
bell, our Christmas bell. We are glad you are here. Eh, Ebenezer? Dinner is ready. Ah, the feast. Let's eat. Ah, our young lovers together again. Bell, late as usual. Well, well, but Cinderella came late to the ball, as I recall. And was late getting home as well. Ebenezer, I hesitated. No matter. You're forgiven. I hesitated about coming at all. You needn't keep apologizing, my dear. But I had to talk to you. I couldn't wait. Your fingers are cold. Listen, I have a surprise. A Christmas present. Ebenezer. My dear Belle, my star is rising. In the business sense, if I may use the metaphor. And the signs are now auspicious for our wedding. I see. You're pleased? You mean you want to invest in our future? That's it. You feel it would be profitable for us both? Exactly. And we'll both accrue substantial returns from our marriage. Well. But do you love me, Ebenezer? That's what we're talking about. Is it? I love you. I wonder. We made a promise, a contract, if you will. But there are risks in any business. Things change. You're not the man you were two years ago. Two years ago, I was a boy. You laughed then. At least you were learning to laugh. I was your teacher. Now your smile's like a killing frost. The teachers failed. You talk like a fool. I release you from our contract, Ebenezer. You. I have never sought release. I can't view marriage as a business, which would make it a poor bargain for us both. So I shall release you with a heart full of love for the man you might have become. Might have become? A poor man? Is what you wanted? I fell in love with a poor man. Goodbye, Ebenezer. May you have joy and profit in the life you have chosen. I shall. Don't let her go, you damn young fool! After her! Spirit, why do you delight in torturing me so? Come, come, observe, study, learn, join the party. <laughs> The comfort, the cheer of Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, no, let me call you all my friends, my dear warm friends. If the ladies will allow that liberty, <laughs> no gold as dear as friends, no treasure as rich as laughter. <laughs> and so, my dears, we drink to the day. God bless us. Mr. F always proposes such lovely toasts. Come on, Ebenezer, and smile. As I was saying, what? Oh, music! We need music to dance, to fly, red in the face, out of breath. Music! Stroke your fiddle for Christmas sake. Mr. Fezziwig should lead the dance. Dick, I consider that an honor. Mr. Fezziwig? Mr. Fezziwig? 
Thread the needle. Fool. Spirit, conduct me home. Show me no more. I cannot stand it. I told you these were shadows of things that have been. That they are what they are. Do not blame me. Leave me. Be gone. Haunt me no longer. Once again, in his own room, Scrooge was conscious of being exhausted and overcome by an irresistible drowsiness. <laughs>